you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. I call a pussy supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and I'm super excited because today we are going to have on a guest that is someone who loves the Looney Tunes and knows a little bit more about what's coming in the new cartoons that are being released. Now, you've heard me talk about the Dynamite Dance a little bit, and I did a review for The Curse of the Monkey Bird. Well, we have a bit more information on what we can expect in the coming months or years of Looney Tunes content. I am proud to bring on our guest, Looney Arts. Hello, I run the Art of Looney Tunes cartoons accounts on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. And so, Welcome I to the show. Thanks. Thanks for the wonderful introduction. I I attempt to post a lot. I haven't been posting recently because I'm running out of material. By the time this comes out, you should see more of my... You should see me posting more on Twitter and briefly Instagram. I attempt to examine frames, seconds of Dynamite Dance, and sort of any sort of art I can find on the new shorts. Anything that I'm allowed to post will be posted. Excellent. And I'm glad to have you out there like finding and tracking down this new art, what we can expect from the character designs and, you know, all around what we can expect from these new shorts. I'm really excited about them. And as you could see in my review, I really enjoyed the Daffy and Porky cartoon. Um, I heard that we're going to get more Daffy and Porky, and that makes me even more excited. Um, but my overall love is for Bugs Bunny. And having more Bugs content out there is never a bad thing. I sent you the um, one, of, one of Us reports, which um, I keep on hand a lot in um, my Twitter account. It's a basic summarization of what happened at Annecy. And it points and it gives a nice description of every short shown in Annecy. I recommend you all read that right now because it'll definitely help you understand a lot more context to what we're talking about. I will go ahead and put the link to the article in the show notes. The Annecy, right. by the way, is an animation film festival. And do you know if that was it was in Europe, right? It was in Annecy, France. Oh, OK, I could not I could not go. I still don't have a passport, which is the only reason why I didn't. I'm not able to currently go to Owada and see the um, Curse of the Monkey Bird there. Right. But the second I can. But the second they show something off around where I am. I'm definitely going, and I'll definitely tell tell people what I thought. And the article is written by Masij Kerr. I believe I'm uh, saying that right, but if I'm not, I apologize. Yes. Uh, he, he contacted me. He contacted me through Twitter, and uh, might also come on the podcast at a later date. Oh, that's very nice of him. So, should I discuss um, sort of my love for the shorts? Yeah. Uh, what got you into Looney Tunes? And now I'm probably the younger one here. Um, I was introduced to them by my mother. My mother, my mother would often go to the library. She would, she she didn't care what we were shown. She just wanted us to be shown something that we liked. She showed me and my younger sibling definitely a lot of stuff. She showed us Schoolhouse Rock. But the thing that we always loved were the classic Warner Bros. shorts. 
and I became attached to them when I became 10 and wanted to become an artist. And I started by then becoming more and more intact with the history behind them. And when they announced the new shorts last year, I became very excited. And I, and I decided to start that account after my friend did a similar thing, starting a fan account on Instagram. And I've been really enjoying it. Awesome. Yeah, uh, the work you've put out there is really fascinating. And um, are you finding the art through uh, specific websites? Um, whenever now, for the most part, these are posted through um, through staff members. Whenever a staff member posts something that's Looney Tunes related, or someone that's that has contact with the shorts, mm-hmm. someone will often contact me on them. I have I have a few friends who who know who have um they don't have connections but they certainly know where to find stuff okay cool so so, so uh, they're very helpful in your upbringing what uh what characters stood out for you as like classic looney tunes characters or classic the one shorts? short that me that me and my family loved as a child was rabbit's kin the one with p puma i got a little rabbit in this hole and i'm gonna get rabbit and eat him up <laughs> that one <laughs> that was a great uh, impression Thank you. Thank you. So if you read the article, you can see um, um, you can see that they're bringing a bunch of obscure characters back and certain characters that don't that had, didn't even get a lot of cartoons. Pete himself only appeared at one. Then he appeared in one in the 90s with Foghorn. Yeah, that's so I'm correct. Very excited. I'm excited that they're bringing him back. He's a very he's a very fun loving character. And and I'm sorry. And I'm sad that the late Stan Freeberg can't be here to give to give his legendary voice again, but I'm excited to see who will voice him this time. Me too. I think there's a lot of uh, space to work within for that character. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to highlight Stan Freeberg uh, because he did the voice all the way back to Rabbit's Kin from 1952. That was a uh, Robert. Correct. And he returned for the 90s cartoon. And he, I don't know if he returned for the Looney Tunes show. Uh, he didn't, uh, which makes me interested to who they're going to get for the new cartoons. Yeah, the voice acting, I they, now Eric Balza, who does Bugs, Daffy Tweedy, and Marvin, he def he's been he posted a few clips of him voice acting, and we've heard his voice before in other projects. Eric has a very great potential to become the next Jeff Bergman, Joe Lasky. I really enjoy his voices. I agree. Uh, I think he's great, and if once people hear his Daffy, they're gonna uh, go over the moon about it. Yes, I think that people will fall in love with his Daffy more than any other character. And I seriously hope that people come to respect him as much as they did with other char- other voice actors like Alaski. That's true. Um, I was actually listening to the commentary on Rabbit's Kin right before this. And Stan Freeberg was on that commentary. And he said that Robert McKimson, who directed Rabbit's Kin... Uh, basically let him have free reign on how the voice could be created and molded and what the character should be. So it was um, it was a really great joy to have Stan be able to do what he felt was comfortable and right for the character. And now we have this memorable memorable character that we've lived with for so yeah. many years and has with that mem- with that memorable voice exactly. Um, and it, it has uh, transcended time. There are many characters that are that are car- that are sort of like copies of each other, but they're carried by having funny. By having these uh, more different absurd gags and and very carefully thought out voices, usually provided by Mel, Arthur Q. Bryan, who who you who did the fud who did the fud and Freeberg, 
There could be others, but I can't really name it. I would definitely call Eric a modern-day Mel Blanc because of all the voices he does, especially outside of other other projects. He does a lot of them as well. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And there's other there's other voices besides Eric. I haven't heard... I haven't heard, I know that Beaky is coming back. Beaky appeared in a few cartoons. Beaky is a very is a very fun character. He has that very Mortimer Schnur. Oh, oh no! Oh no! No no! Oh no! No 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 no! Nope, just not gonna. <laughs> I'm really glad you're doing these impressions. It saves me from going yeah. and tracking down the files. No, that's actually me doing them. No, I know. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, if you read the article, they mentioned that there was a. But there was a Bugs Beaky cartoon in Storyboard Progress shown at Annecy. And and Storyboard and the, one of the writers, Mike Ruko, confirmed that he voices Beaky. It's a very fun character. It's a very easy voice to do. I'm excited to hear when it does, when I finally can see a Beaky short. Oh, me too. And another thing they said was they were going to revert all of the characters back to their first appearances. And so, like, Daffy is wackier. Uh, Bugs is more mischievous and not the hero type. And all of and that sounds amazing. We haven't seen that in years. Well, if we're going to take it that way, that probably means we'll have the Frizz Brilliant design for Tweety, but we'll have the Clampet attitude for Tweety. Yeah, which is exciting. Uh, Clampet also is the one that created uh, Beaky Buzzard uh, yeah. in 1944. So that character he has... Created... Wait, wasn't it 40? It was 42, if I'm not mistaken. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't um, matter. It was, the, it was the cartoon where it was the. I have the um San Diego Comic Con bag next to me. Every character sort of has clampet eyes if you if I look at them. Oh, okay, those long the, droopy eyes. Work, yeah, it's it's the work of um Jim Soper. He's um one of the character designers. His Twitter and his Instagram are the Art of Dreams. I recommend when you're done listening to this podcast, all of you go follow him and you like all of his work. He is. A great artist. What's his Twitter account? Um, let me check. It's okay. While you're checking that, I just wanted to reiterate: these are for the new Looney Tunes cartoons that are going to be coming out. Yep. Jim um, Sofer Four. That is S O P E R for Sofer. Awesome. So yeah, everyone, go follow him and uh, see what he knows. And we're basically just going to keep running down what we know so far, and then we're going to go into what we want from these new shorts. So currently there's... um, You can see photos from Mummy Dummy, a photo of wet cement, and Warner Bros. has been taking a down a 40-second clip of wet cement that Cartoon Brew took. Mm -hmm. But you can... it's. It's definitely a very easy thing to find, but I wouldn't recommend ever posting it because you'll get it taken down. Right. They're being pretty secretive about this whole thing. It's 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 for a good reason. I'm sure Warner Bros. wants to release it at, all at once, even though it sort of harms it because then you're waiting and waiting and waiting. Right. But honestly, I can wait a while. They, I know that they're starting to screen the first completed shorts recently, and... What and I know that at Annecy they confirmed around 150 shorts are on the store are at least being storyboarded and so on, so I'm sure production will start running smoother and smoother as time goes on. And about 30 of them are completed now. I think so. Uh, so we were talking a bit beforehand, and you said that 
the HBO Max uh, streaming service might have something to do with this. They might be wanting to release them on that streaming service. Now, we haven't confirmed where they're releasing. Jerry Beck seems to think that they're going to be released on HBO Max. But I'm not, I'm waiting until Warner Bros. says it or, or someone who works for Warner Bros. directly. So yeah. I'm sure H- HBO Max might have something to do with it. I can't confirm for certain. But I'm sure Warner Bros. has this big elaborate plan for it since you, if you look at the animation, it's definitely something you wouldn't, you wouldn't see on TV. If you watch The Wabbit, it was sort of like taking what was what was the Looney Tunes and putting them in a TV production. It had, it had a gr- good moments, of course, but it definitely felt like something that was being done for TV. These definitely have, have good, great love and care put into them. I must thank all the crew for basically taking these beloved characters and turning them into something that I think everyone will love. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see all of these reimaginings uh, come to fruition and for yeah. kids to see them. I'm just excited for everyone to see them. I'm, I'm certain that, um, that Monkey Bird, at the very least, will get nominated. I think it certainly has the attributes for being nominated from what I hear. Mm-hmm. And it has the um, cast of, um, it has, um, from what I know, Bob Bergen as Porky. And which Bob, he's been... Bob is fantastic as Porky. Yeah. Bob's a fantastic Porky. I, I saw a tweet that he said he wanted to be Porky since he was five. I'm very happy that he lives that dream because not only it doesn't make him happy, it also, he also does a really fantastic Porky. And Eric Bowser, of course, does, does Daffy in that short and it's very well. Yes. Um, I also wanted to add that um, the inflections that Porky has are spot on Clampett style Porky, and I love that they're taking it back that far. I can't wait to see that short whenever it shows up. Now I, I can't I'm, wait to I'm see also... it again. <laughs> I've only seen it the once, and you know it wasn't enough. I, I had to soak it all in as much as I could in those six minutes. I mean, that's what I think. That's what made Dynamite Dance such a big thing. Everyone saw it, and everyone thought. If this is the quality that's going into this, because I know certainly people were worried, it would be like, oh, if this is the quality, then we're all through it. I'm very, I'm very happy that they're going with weird things that they're doing, like, like certainly not just like the clampet eyes on characters that didn't even have in the first place, but mm-hmm. Bugs is yellow gloves as well. I don't mind the yellow gloves; it's a nice aesthetic. Yeah, same. And it's gonna get wacky. I mean, it's all out like balls to the wall, like comedy that you're not expecting that. And it's in your face a lot. I know the article uh, agreed uh, whenever, you know, I had also it stated that it's written when... Stimpy. Yeah, exactly. I don't mind that. I, I, don't, mean, they did mention, I don't mind I mean, it either. John it just Kidd. took a little bit time to get used to. I think it's, um, I think it's certainly because now if you ever check my Twitter and Instagram, I say that they definitely want to try something new. And I say that's for the better because you can't just use the same old version. You need to try something That'll definitely make your audience happy. Agreed. If they take references to modern culture, I won't mind because despite them being critically outdated now, the original shorts definitely had modern pop culture references of their time. Right. And you had celebrities show up. And I wish that they had new cartoons that had today's celebrities show up. Um, What I meant earlier, um, whenever I said I can't wait for the kids of today to see these cartoons, it's because we have such a reverence for them because we grew up with them. And even though they're made for 
you know, all fit. All... There's, def- there's ways to introduce these characters. They were introduced in different ways. They were first introduced in theaters. They were reintroduced in movies. They right. were reintroduced in the 80s and 90s through new shorts and Warner Bros. pushing them forward. Yeah. And they're being, they were, they tried to reintroduce them with back in action, but the, but the plan they had flopped. And now they're trying to do it again. And I think this time it will work. I hope so. But I, I love that it's for all ages. It's, you know, for adults yeah. and kids. Everyone I mean, can enjoy watch, these. If you watch the Wet Cement clip, you can definitely see that, that the staff definitely did their research. They they did. There's a little part. I won't. I'm not going to get into it, but let's just say there's a reference to Tex Avery and there's a sensor bar in it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it, no, th- that was two different parts, by the way. Don't get that confused. Oh, OK. Yeah. I mean, any reference to Tex Avery is great. Uh, he always pushed the boundaries of what, yeah. you know, you think was going to happen. And, you know, he knew the difference of what makes a Disney cartoon, like a, a cute Disney, you know, animal coming to life uh, as far as, um, you know, pushing the envelope of comedy and, you know, making like a deer gulp water and, you know, be, you know, a bit nastier <laughs> with it. Um, that was, you know, that was his style. And I love that. I appreciate that. Yep. Another thing is that inspiration is definitely in it because... Not on now. Chuck Jones gets gets I think a little bit too much credit because mostly his and Frizz's versions are used in most contemporary versions. Yes. So I'm happy that they're going back to the Clampett, Avery, and Tashlin style. Yes, agreed. Now, and they're bringing back characters that were one-off characters like like Hubie Hubie and Birdie didn't appear in that many cartoons, such as, like the Three Bears. The Three Bears have been confirmed to come back, but I could imagine that they would. But bringing back these characters that didn't appear much and it and seeing them come back definitely gives that nice idea. And, and Hubie and Birdie, they uh, first appeared in the Aristocat uh, in 1943. Those are the two mice that you might re- remember from, uh, you know, Space Jam. They're the announcers. But, you know, they the, spa- spa- Space Jam is definitely a very mixed subject on the <laughs> negative side. Yes, I agree. I'm not going to get into why but i think that anybody who watches this certainly should know what is wrong with space jam exactly and, um but they were most known for mouse um uh, mouse wreckers in uh yes. 1949 yeah that one got nominated right it did yes Yeah, certainly they're taking in characters that didn't appear that much. Like Petunia Pig was a Tashlin character that only appeared in like one or two Clampett cartoons. So seeing Por- seeing Porky basically getting doormatted is going to be funny. If that's what I imagine. Yeah, it's it's what you imagine. <laughs> it's what happens. Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, I had a brief conversation with uh, the writer earlier that we mentioned earlier who wrote that article. And he told yeah. me that he that his favorite was a Porky and Daffy cartoon that is a baseball-centered th- cartoon. Oh, um, I heard I heard of that one. Pitch, I believe you, I got information from other articles of what these shorts are called. That one's called Pitcher Porky. Oh, okay. And I like the article called – I like that the article said that the Gas House Gorillas appeared as a cameo. That's amazing. Stuff like that. Them doing their research is definitely a very strong thing. I won't say that other ones didn't do their research, but there were certainly some projects – um, I won't mention which one particularly because I don't want to I don't want to be reminded of it. They definitely did not do enough research. 
for sure. And uh, just to throw it out there, the Gas House Gorillas are from Baseball Bugs from 1949, and that was yep. our first Freeling cartoon. And yep. one of my favorites, by the way. Yep, it was. I believe I believe it was about 46, which I, which if you see my accounts, you'll notice that I like to pinpoint 46 as the year that they're trying to take character ideas from when Clampett left and Davis came in. Davis is my personal favorite director. He directed stuff that was that was very wacky, but but presented in a sort of McKimson like mood, and it worked out pretty well for him. Okay, that's a that's a rare pool, but I appreciate it. Now, I can't get in enough without having to um, say that Pete Browngard is the one in charge of this. He was the um, he created Uncle Grandpa, and I know people are very mixed on that show. I yeah. personally enjoyed it. He, mm-hmm. he definitely had a very wacky sense of humor, but I felt that sometimes he just couldn't express it the way he wanted it to. And I believe with these characters, he has enough power to do what he wanted. I noticed that after I watched The Curse of the Monkey Bird, there is definitely that added uh, wackiness to it. But it also has elements that you're familiar with within the Looney Tunes uh, you know, franchise. So he does a really good job of balancing the two out. Yeah, certainly. We should probably get into what we think that inspired the um, people behind them, behind these a lot. Then we'll speculate. Uh, okay. Uh, so, wh- what do you know? They definitely they, now they're definitely more inspired than, by Clampett than Jones, but I wouldn't say they're not inspired by Jones at all. Okay, that's a definite. Clampett, Clampett's, Clampett's designs. What, what, if you can call them designs, since they were mostly brilliantly off modeled by. Scribner, mm-hmm. you can definitely see that there's definitely a very great balance between Clampett's unit design and trying to go with something that feels that feels like it'll attach well. This, I'm very excited for these designs because they feel like something that feels that doesn't feel like you see them in the classic short, but definitely feels like they're on brand. They feel retro but fresh. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. I also love how there's no scripts for these. Uh, the animators storyboard? and the, well, the the storyboards come later, but uh, there's no actual scripts that they're you know plotting. It's it comes down to the artists and what they think is going to be a funny joke, and then they build the story out of that. That's why. Yes, they, it's sort of it's sort of like it's sort of like Avery, it's sort of like the no sessions that were created by um, Clampett and Avery that would eventually spread out to um every unit. Yeah, and it's sort of like that they would just create things on the spot and then attach them all into a nice crisp story. So it definitely seems to be working out for them with Dynamite Dance and sort of what we and sort of what you and I have seen so far. Absolutely, and that was one of the things that stuck out to me from the article as well, and it got me really excited. Now, if you ever look at what I said, the Alex Kurtwin's Instagram and see all that night and see his post about the concept art. You can definitely see that there are a lot of characters returning. You can see designs. You can see the designs that um, he and Soper were doing for like Elmer Sylvester. But you also see um, Cecil Turtle, which is a um, which is a character that doesn't appear that much, but should because he's the only character Bugs normally always loses to in the classic shorts. Tortoise Seems- beats the hair. Yep. 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 Tortoise wins by a hair and and Rabbit Transit. Yep. Being the character that Bugs always loses to, returning gives me high hope because it means that they definitely want to try something that was in the shorts but isn't normally shown much. 
seeing Bugs lose will definitely be a very high stand for for people watching these. Oh, absolutely, and it's been so so long since we've seen that. You know, it's yeah. gonna feel so original. And another character Bugs lost to a one-off character is reappearing. If you look at, I believe two of them, you see the Gremlin from Falling Hair. Oh, that's cool. See the Gremlin. I love Falling Hair a lot. I love Falling Hair. Yeah, me too. I'm it's very, classic. You can you see you see McKinson's best Bugs drawings in that picture. You see you see Bugs losing. You see a few Scribner. And I believe Bill Bill's first anim Bill Melendez's first animation for the unit. I'm just overall, I'm just excited to see the character come back. Same. Uh, I'm excited to see all of these characters come back. Uh, Pete yeah. Puma, we haven't seen since basically 1997. And a, f a funny thing about that short uh, Pulitzer Prize, um, yeah. Frank Gorshin did the voice of Foghorn Leghorn in that, who was the vo the Riddler in uh, Batman 66. Yeah, I don't necessarily like Gorshin's voices besides Foghorn. Yeah, but I can I can appreciate that he definitely could per that he definitely did well for that picture. Yeah, he and did. Now, there, now of course they're def if you read that article, which I'm going to back to right now. There's um, they def the um writer for it definitely mentioned that bug that bugs is a is a jork again, as he'd probably say. Nee, what's up, Doc? I'm a jork again. <laughs> which is uh, you know, refreshing. It's very refreshing to see sort of the, them trying to um, bring back, of course, seeing these things. Now, we should probably get into what we should expect from certain characters. From from what we've seen, I won't always expect it, but I'll definitely see a, a, a sort of more gruesome version of Tweety. That definitely with Granny, but still definitely being able to fight for himself. Yes, and the the best Tweety shorts have him surviving on his own and outwitting Sylvester. Yes, yes, and of course the 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 um trio of Clampett shorts that happened that that Clampett did. He was about to do a one with Sylvester, then then he suddenly left and Chris finished it and he won their first win. Wow! I'm going to transition to the next character in this way. If Eddie Seltzer and um and Fred Quinsby, Fred Quinsby said that if they took out Rhapsody Rabbit, they would take out Kitty Cat Sorno, which is the great cartoon controversy, as it was called in its day. And if it had been, if both of them had been pulled out, um, the Walkie Talkie Hockey, which introduced Foghorn Lakehorn, the Barnhard Dog, and the reimagined version of Henry Hawk, probably would have won. Oh wow! Foghorn Lakehorn, I def, I definitely expect that very early. But definitely that early McKimson feel where he's a bit more wild and has and definitely has some fresh attributes to him. Yeah. Of course it's gonna be interesting to see him drawn in sort of a a style that's sort of not McKimson's. Correct. Uh Foghorn is one of the classic characters and you know, he's always outwitting his opponents. So I'm excited to see that again. We I mean, yeah. it's been eons since we've seen that. I mean, Foghorn doesn't appear as much, but I know people love him as much as other characters. But Kim's characters definitely are some of the most liked. He created Taz, which also, which he didn't have a full short tone in Annecy, but he definitely had a storyboard at him at the Roman Coliseum. Considering he only appeared in five classic shorts, it's definitely going to be interesting to see him come back in that way. I cannot wait for that. Yes. Now, what do you... Now, now, of course, we expect sort of these um, early versions of characters, 
I could probably expect something among the lines of a um, sort of them trying to bring back obscure character, trying to bring back the general loss of characters people know, then trying to branch out and try more things, maybe even a few one-offs. That would be interesting. That would that would absolutely be interesting and completely refreshing. I really hope they do now, that. Now, now, what do you expect from these shorts? I exp- Well, with the article and it saying it's a return to form for a lot of these characters, I am excited to see the situations that they're put in. Um, <clears throat> I know you haven't seen uh, Curse of the Monkey Bird, but the lush the lush backgrounds are insanely oh, expensive I looking. I loved Dynamite Dance's backgrounds. I love Dynamite Dance's backgrounds. Honestly, if, I'm I'm excited if to that see the standards for the backgrounds. I am on board with the art design alone from them. It's it's gorgeous. Honestly, I'm excited about seeing more backgrounds, more art, and I mean it. It looks like they're putting the care and time into each short that is respectful. Oh, I actually talked to um the uh, one of the animators behind Dynamite Dance. Oh, he did. Yes, he he told me every person who animated on Dynamite Dance. Uh huh. And you can see a breakdown on my Instagram of one of his scenes where um Elmer's on the unicycle, Yolahane Blackburn, I believe it is, and okay. he is he's a fantastic artist. Awesome. Uh, what did he say about the process? Um, I, he didn't say anything. I didn't ask him the process because on animation magazine, when they, when they interviewed, um, Brown Garden Kerwin, mm-hmm. they said that the animation is, is done in four Canadian studios, okay. all the writing's done in Burbank and, um, and it's, it's animated on paper and then it's put into Toon Boom Harmony, which is, I think the best for him being animated on hands instead of, um, all completely digitally may win back people because it'll make the shorts look more refreshing, I think. Oh, okay. Fascinating. So, I won't be surprised if they show off a few greedy Daffy cartoons, but considering Screwball Daffy is the only one we've seen from these shorts, and because mm-hmm. he was using new Looney Tunes as well, I definitely have a high hope for that, to, int- to reintroduce Screwball Daffy. Yes, and Greedy Daffy is one of my favorites as well. I prefer Screwball Daffy. Oh, I love both. I, I love both. Yeah. I... I think that definitely it'll be a nice return to see that. I am very excited that they'll do such. I'm I'm also very happy with the obscure characters that they're trying to reintroduce. Yeah, they're even talking about Petunia Pig coming back. Yeah, Petunia Pig and Porky's nephew, whose name I can't pronounce. Uh, Cicero. Cicero? Yeah, Cicero. I've never watched a Cicero cartoon. Seeing that they're trying to bring a character I've never heard of back mm-hmm. is definitely going to be a very interesting idea. And, well, and a lot of people may not have seen that original one, so they're oh, going to think it's a new character entirely. Or some people may try to figure out who it is if they appeared before, and it may encourage people to rewatch the original shorts, which I think is a very cool motive. Exactly. I agree with that. Now, I'm definitely going to have to give a lot of credit to the writers and I can't wait to see all their styles sort of branch out. And and I know that the writers definitely have, have a lot of fun working on it. I'm sh- and I know that they probably have their own styles they want to do, but it'll probably be very interesting to see how they pull it off. Yeah. They're definitely trying to go with the Clampett, Tashlin, and, a- and Avery when he went to MGM style. Mm-hmm. And 
like that the, still has. Like the cat and the canary short where they drink the grow potion? Yeah, so they're trying... They're, now, that's definitely the biggest thing, imagination. It's been... Now, let's see. It's been 50 years since the last theatrical short came out with that weird, cool cat character they were trying to do in the 60s. Okay. I don't expect characters that were created after Taz to come back, but but I'm definitely... Now... I'm certain that they're going for that 30s and 40s style and not trying to do Chuck style since that's... I'm sure they know that that's the style that's always used. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't... Ex- I mean, Mummy Dummy, according to the article, is sort of described as like Transylvania... I don't forget the numbers. Six. Chuck's last Bugs cartoon. Now, yeah. that, that actually excites me because I love those classic monster shorts where Bugs is meeting Gossamer or M- Bugs is uh, dealing with a mad scientist like the yeah, uh, Jekyll the and Hyde. Mummy Dummy, you can see the um, mummy design. Bugs dealing with monsters is sort of like a very – it's a very fun one. People, I know people love, Goss, love Gossamer. I know people enjoy sort of that last Bugs short mm-hmm. with – Count Blood Count. <laughs> yes, I do. I, I really enjoy it. I definitely think that there's going to be some some attributes to later styles, but that will be few and far. And I'm sure that they'll definitely attempt to put Yosemite Sam, less is Yosemite Sam, and more of Frizz Freeling. Yeah, that makes sense with the like big hat yeah. and like the the town is it big enough for the both of us kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, because uh, the only the only one we we know so far is him dealing with Sam as a um roller as sort of tr- this um amusement park thing. Uh-huh. And if you read the um article, it definitely gives a very promising idea to Sam's character. I expect them to take it into their own hands, which is I think very promising. It is. Do you know or do you think that they're gonna give us another witch hazel? A witch hazel. Um, it would have to all depend. June for a sadly passed away. Sadly, yes, off. we lost her. I do, I don't think they've done a witch hazel project, but since Looney Tunes show, where she was voiced by a different actor, right actress. But I definitely do get the impression that if witch hazel returned, they would they would try and push her as a bit more wild. And the next another thing I hope is that. Is that Warner Bros. is fine with the um, per? Is that people behind the production are allowed to release concept are allowed to release production art when the shorts come out, because that will help. Keep, that will not only keep my account active, but it'll definitely amuse a lot of people. Oh, for sure. The last thing I should I hope for is good release. The one thing that is messed up every promising project from '90s shorts to um to um today is um bad release format the 90s cartoons that as daryl van critter pointed out were attached to the kitty films that flopped yes uh daryl van critter also is the director of that foghorn uh short with yeah uh, he directed he directed that yeah i def i don't think that they'll bring back people like van critters to work on this project it'll definitely be people that only worked on versions from like the past 10 years like, okay. um, I know that Mike Rucco, who I mentioned is doing Beaky, worked on new Looney Tunes. And I feel kind of bad for him since a lot of his writing wasn't shown because Warner Bros., like I said, the series didn't work out in favor because of a weak first season. So sure. they haven't released everything. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and, speaking of uh, that show, it was um, 
Roz Ryan, who did the voice of Witch Hazel in, in the, the new Looney Tunes. And also, uh, Candy Milo is credited as 2018 to present for Witch Hazel. Uh, all right. I hope that they definitely bring Witch, ha Witch Hazel back. Um, Me too. Love so that character. I just hope with release format, I don't care where they put them. I'll definitely try and find them. I just hope they're put across a few streaming services besides HBO Max and definitely put in places where people will notice them and definitely have, have and definitely a good promotion. I think that they should release sort of Looney Tunes cartoons ex like merchandise, not just general merchandise. That would be pretty cool. I I completely agree. As someone who loves buying Looney Tune merchandise and I've been looking for it ever since uh I don't know, the 2010, I haven't seen any. Um it's very hard to find uh classic Looney Tune merchandise. I do want to uh to put out there like I wish they would release them sort of like the new Mickey cartoons. Um I know yeah. we had talked about this before the I, podcast, but Yeah, we yeah, before the podcast they mentioned that they were put on Disney Now, then they released on YouTube a few weeks later. I can definitely imagine more birds doing the same thing because I think that these were that that the idea that Warner Bros. animation, I'm sure the staff realized what what they were doing after New Looney Tunes was coming to a wrap yeah. and decided after Pete Browngard talking with um one of the executives that was keeping on character to to definitely work on the series. I'm sure that they'll that with that they definitely thought of the new Mickey shorts and there's definitely going to be fierce competition between the two now. Paul Rudish is still going strong on them, but I yes. haven't. But I haven't seen a new one in quite a bit, sadly. So that run ended a couple of months ago. I believe the last one was in July, and then the voice actress it from ended, Minnie passed it, it away. Ended. But there's yeah. a there's a new I'm, ride. I'm so upset over that. I'm waiting. I'm hoping that this definitely does not get the Paul Rudish series canceled. Oh, that me too. would devastate me. Um, I definitely do get the idea that if this series works out the way that we both want it, it will definitely cause a new reiteration after Space Jam 2 comes out, gets negative reviews, becomes a box office success. It definitely will inspire a much more positive reaction from Warburst to promote the characters more and maybe even better restorations. Sure. That could happen. So I'm just happy that they're doing this. I'm just happy that it plain exists. Oh, me too. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Eric Bauza shared the podcast where I was talking about uh, yeah. Curse, and he picked that snippet where I'm just super excited that there's new Looney Tunes yeah. content out there. Yeah, we, we're, 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 like, we're like children on Christmas Day for this, and we're slowly unwrapping every little part of it. Exactly. I mean, I'm still not at the part where you watched Monkey Bird. Right. But <laughs> when, I definitely, when I definitely watch at least five complete shorts besides Dynamite Dance... I'll definitely begin posting more and more and I'll definitely be giving reviews, even though that's not what my account should be. Are, are there any characters that we haven't touched upon that you want to see returning and in what situations? Um, I will, situations. I just want to see situations where character, I, I definitely want them to try new things. Like I don't Now this is definitely a impossible task. I would say, if you could put Screwy Daffy against Evil Bugs and make it entertaining, I think it could work. I think that if you put Porky in the mix, it would just be funny. Take out Porky and add Elmer, and that's exactly what I want. Yeah. I want a fourth in the Bugs versus Daffy with Elmer there um, cartoon, and like adding to what Chuck Jones started. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely also want to see sort of, I definitely want to try and see them do a solo Porky in the vein of Clampett's black and white cartoons and still some that feature Daffy. But I still think that Porky, Porky can still be a very strong character on his own as long as he's placed against good stuff. If you watch Pay, Pay the Piper, you see you see one-off characters that definitely get a good rise out of him. Oh, yeah, the Leprechaun uh, as well, like that no, Leprechaun no, episode? The one where, no, the one where he's the Pied Piper and the cats are pretending to be mice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Also, anytime he's paired with Sylvester, I think it works really well. Yeah. Sylvester's a very ambiguous character in terms of personality because McKimson, Freeling, and Chuck used him very differently. Right. So, I'm not... Sh- and Clampett only did one Sylvester short, Baby Bottleneck, where he was paired with Porky, and they were... And essentially, he w- he didn't have the same design. He didn't have that red nose and the signature eyes, but you could get the voice and the... De- and the silhouette. I think that if they can get a good antagonist version of Porky, it would be pretty cool. I agree. That would be that would be different. Well, the, now the only thing that I just want coming back in terms of character is certainly char- characters brought back like Wally Coyote, Sylvester, and Tweety, but not brought like formula formulated. I agree. Uh, one of the things also noted in the article is that there's a bit of a formula to the Roadrunner and Coyote cartoon as well as the Sylvester and Tweety cartoon. Yeah. But if later yeah. on we get them outside the formula, if that they, would. I think that it will take them a while because, of course, they're of course thirty cartoons in. You can't. You have to just stick your foot into this sort of high stan- standards that I think people are expecting. Exactly. But I know that. But I know from from hearing things that. But the staff are definitely very happy and definitely believe have confidence that what they did and what they are doing is definitely good. That's good to hear. And it okay. took decades for them to, you know, have those unique pairings. So, you know, we'll get there. program has been brought to you by the Acne Corporation and their Dynamite Sticks. Have you ever just wanted to swindle away in the nice rhythm but get a good blow out of it? Well, try Acne's Dynamite Sticks. They get a blow out of your opponent, get a nice get a nice rise in the cake, and definitely bring out the best in you. Buy one now. I wanted to promote the Chuck Jones Center for Creativity. It's Chuck Jones's Big Draw coming Sunday, October 13th, 1 to 4 p.m. Bring the family. This is going to be really fun. It's spaced exploration theme. Uh, you can build spaceships, oh, hel- helmets, uh, origami, asteroids, uh, Planet X creature design, and more. Uh, you can find tickets at the Uranium 36 Space Modulator. You can probably create <laughs> It's okay. Uh, you can find tickets at octria.com. The link will be in the description below. I also wanted to uh, promote, I have a Patreon now. It's patreon.com backslash this means podcast. If you like this podcast and you want to hear more and you want me to have more guests on it, uh, please go there and donate. Uh, you can also get a private RSS feed from that donation and it links you up to all of the latest going on with the podcast as well as you can uh, subscribe to tiers that gives you a Q&A discussion where I will be answering your questions about Looney Tunes episodes, characters, um, World of Mayhem Minute where you can hear sounds of the game 
and uh, a tuned spotlight where you can directly affect the show by saying uh, you want to hear a you know a episode based on Sylvester. Well, we can do that for you, and you can be a part of a commentary track where we dissect a specific short that you choose, or even a feature that you would like to discuss on the podcast. And you can find all of that at patreon.com backslash this means podcast. So I just wanted to throw it over to you and see what you had to promote. My Twitter account, The Art of Looney Tunes Cartoons, is at Looney Arts. And of course, you can just find me on Instagram as The Art of Looney Tunes Cartoons. And the Twitter the Twitter accounts, the more active. I've only got a few things posted on Instagram. But I'm definitely going to try and make a quick comeback by the time you guys see this. That's all I want to say. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, being on the podcast. And uh, that's not all, folks. Come in, B-19. Come in, B-19. Ceiling, 500 feet. Visibility, 7 yards. Uh, level off.